I'm Pete McCall. Welcome to episode 94 of All About Fitness. Before I get into the introduction for today's guest, for those of you who've taken the time to leave a review, thank you very much. I really appreciate the feedback you're giving me. And for everybody listening, you know how this works. The more reviews we get, the more you know, the higher up in the search ranking this goes, and the more people can get the benefit of listening to All About Fitness. Now, on to today's guest. Currently, I'm doing a series on some really strong women making significant impacts on the fitness industry. And when I think of strong women, one of the first people that pops into my mind is that of my good friend, Artemis Scandalides. Now, I've known Artemis for a long time. And, well, she, the way she says it, we've known each other since cassette tapes and uh, MC Hammer Pants were cool. But if you want to hear you know, how far back Artemis and I go and you want to hear how, when I knew Artemis, she was working for the federal government. She was a contractor for the federal government, and fitness was just something she did. She would take fitness classes with my wife and I. And if you want to hear how she got her start in the fitness industry, you can go back to episode 12 of All About Fitness, where Artemis and I discuss how she went from being a federal contractor to being a fitness leader to being one of the top, you know, recently she was recognized by Shape Magazine as one of the top trainers on Instagram. So to today's conversation, Artemis is a Strong First certified kettlebell instructor, and she's a team leader for Strong First Education, meaning she helps do the education workshops for Strong First, and Strong First is a hard style approach towards kettlebell training. Artemis is also trained for powerlifting. So today, you know what I want to talk. What I want to talk about with with Artemis is how she got into kettlebell training at first. You know, and and how she get into powerlifting. Also, we talk a little bit about she recently in the past year has moved from the East Coast. She grew up in the in the Boston, Massachusetts area. She lived in D.C. for a while, which is where we met and where I got to. You know, literally, she would take my spinning classes way back in the day. But recently, her fiance and her moved to Las Vegas. Her fiance is a is a physical therapist for the Cirque du Soleil shows. And Artemis is a part-time strength and conditioning trainer or strength coach for a couple of the shows. And so we talk about that. And it's, it's a fascinating conversation, right? Because when I think top performing athletes, I think of the Cirque du Soleil performers as some of the top athletes in the world. And for Artemis to have the opportunity to work with them as a strength coach, to me, is fascinating. So on this episode of All About Fitness, it really is a lot of fun and an honor to catch up with my good friend, Artemis Scanalides. So after a brief word from the sponsor of All About Fitness, we'll get right into the interview. What is part bench, part balance trainer, part stability ball, part jump box, and all results? The TerraCore by Vicor Fitness, specially designed to help enhance balance, strength, agility, and metabolic conditioning, the TerraCore is quickly becoming the go-to piece of workout equipment used by fitness professionals around the world. Whether you're training to earn that eight-figure contract or just trying to get in better shape, the TerraCore will help you achieve results you never thought possible. TerraCore by Vicor Fitness, the shape of things to come. Go to www.vicorefitness.com and use code AAF, that's all about fitness, AAF, to save 20% on the purchase of a tariff. I'm Pete McCall with All About Fitness, and I'm welcoming back for the second time uh, my good friend Artemis. Artemis, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and, and what you're doing now, now in fitness? Thanks for having me here, Pete. 
Um, I, my fiance and I closed our training gym, Iron Body Studios. We closed that a, a little over a year ago and it was back in Boston and we moved out here to Las Vegas so he could take a job working as head therapist, head therapist for Cirque du Soleil for their show Zumanity. And so now I am primarily, uh, working with clients online and teaching kettlebell workshops and women's strength training workshops. And I'm also, um, I actually just got a Pilates mat certification. So I started teaching that and we just moved into a new house. So I'm looking forward to uh, setting up our garage so I can start to take some small groups for strength training out of our garage to do some in-person training as well. And after we moved out here, I applied for a position, a strength and conditioning position with Cirque du Soleil, and I got a part-time position with them. So I do support some of the shows over at Cirque du Soleil, their resident shows here in Las Vegas. So I'm what? doing all sorts of different things. <laughs> like just a not lot of, a gym. <laughs> well, like a lot of us in fitness, you know, it's like, you know, what's, yeah. that, what's that Uber? There's that Uber commercial, get your side hustle on. And I kind of feel there's so many of us fitness professionals that our entire life is like a side hustle. I mean, yeah. the, the one common theme is we're helping people. Now, I want to clarify something. You said that, that Eric, your fiance, is a therapist for Cirque mm -hmm. du Soleil, but he's a physical therapist, right? I don't think he, he he doesn't have the performers laying on a couch and talk to them about their feelings. No, he's a, he's a, he's actually an athletic trainer, so he's not a um, a physical therapist, but he's an athletic trainer, which is similar to physical therapy, but it's a, a different a different degree, a different route, and he has uh, you know different uh, permissions. He has to work with he has to have a physician as an athletic trainer. There's a physician that oversees the rehabilitation, and he consults with the physician. So he has doesn't have as much autonomy as a physical therapist does. But no, he's not a um, he's not a, a, a like a psychoanalyst or anything like that. No, he's like hands on. He does you know dry needling and and manual therapy, and he and he helps them with their rehabilitation. And then he also he's um, he also knows emergency management. So. During the show, you know, God forbid something happens, he's the first person on the scene to save the artist and to contact 911 and, and to start to to, um, to administer emergency emergency management. Wow, that's a, that's a lot going on. And I want to come back to Cirque du Soleil in a little bit. But first, I want to give you a big congratulations. What was it that you were recognized for just a couple of weeks ago, your, your Instagram following? Talk about that a little bit. So that was a, a very nice surprise. One morning I woke up and I discovered that I was recognized by Shape Magazine as one of the top 10 people to follow in fitness on Instagram as a legit trainer, someone who actually has a legit background with uh, the experience and certifications, you know, not just fluff and, and BS. So that was, uh, that was really, that was great. And um, you know, transitioning from closing a business and moving out here to Vegas, I've had to reestablish myself. So to get a little recognition like that after having a year of rebuilding some things was uh, it felt like a really nice win. And it was a, it was something I, I feel like, you know, we all have egos, right? You know, we all have we all <laughs> no, have that. So it, not just at kinda, all. it helped me out a little bit. I was like, oh, that's so nice. I'm still relevant. That felt so good. <laughs> well, how hard how hard has that been? Let's talk about that for a minute. How hard has it been? Because. You're a New England girl, and, and you know I think you lived in Manhattan for a while. We knew each other um, pretty well, I think, when, when we lived in D.C. together. But how's it been? Because Vegas is a completely different. I mean, at least if you stay on the East Coast, Boston, New York, D.C., there's some familiarity between the cities, and there's more of an East Coast vibe. How yeah. different 
is it to be in Vegas? Talk, talk a little bit about that. When I first moved out here, the two things that were challenging for me were one, the landscape is totally different because we're in the desert. So I miss, definitely miss the green, all of the green trees and the lush of, of having that from the East Coast. Um, so that was getting used to that, number one. And then number two, the energy is different here. It, it's not as intense and fast paced as the East Coast. So it took me, I moved in January 20, 2017. And it took me like a solid three months to kind of adjust to the pace. And people enjoy life a little bit more here. Uh, people are not so focused on the news all the time or politics. Uh, they're more focused on just like their day to day and, and living life, which is a really good thing. It's just, it's, it's different. It was hard. And I was constantly, I found myself for like those first three months, like I was having complete FOMO about being three hours behind. I'd wake up and I was like still on East coast time. Like, Oh my gosh, what time is it? Oh, it's already noon, you know, and in, in in Boston. And then I was, so at some point I did let it go and I just started to live in the time zone here, which was good. Uh, but those are the two things that were challenging for me, but the landscape here, it's different. It's you get, you appreciate what it is with the palm trees and the mountains and, and we have gorgeous weather all the time, even in our cool, you know, even in November and December when it was cool, it's very pleasant. Well, I was going to ask you that. I mean, I'm sure the, as much as you love being home and as much as you love growing up in Boston, how much do you love not have to deal with the Boston winter? I am so happy, especially <laughs> this year when they were, I mean, they started to get that below zero. Those below zero temps don't usually happen until sometime in January. And that started before Christmas, the beginning of December. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's going to be such a long winter for them. They are so bumming. So I'm really glad that I was not there. And then I, and it's cold there now too. It's like in the twenties and thirties. So I'm just really glad I, I didn't have to deal with that. Well, and to come back to, to the pace of life real quick, that was Monica's big adjustment yeah. when, when we moved from the East Coast to um, to San Diego. And, and Monica being my wife, for listeners, uh, Artemis knows Monica pretty well. And it was Monica, you know, because living in D.C. and Boston, it's always like go, go, go. And people mm -hmm. hear time, people on the left coast, time <laughs> isn't really, that's not, you know, they definitely take a little bit longer to do some things. Yeah. And, and do you feel like now that you've kind of adapted to it and you're starting to get back in into training, is it do you think it's been a benefit for you? I mean, because I think sometimes East Coast, just being on the East Coast can be a little more stressful. And, mm -hmm. and I think you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, West Coast people tend to more worry about their lives day to day as opposed to some other stuff. I mean, do you think yeah. that do you think that pace of life is helpful to you with to you with your fitness program? Absolutely. It's it's been very, very good. And even managing work too, uh, I think I, 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 I'm better at managing less tasks. I, I don't try to overload myself the way I used to and I'm more productive and more efficient that way. So I, it, it affects a lot of areas of my life and it's been nice, Eric and I, you know, owning a business and then just being on the East coast, we didn't take a lot of personal time or weekends. And now we actually take time to go to the movies and go out to dinner. And we make, you know, we make that personal time a priority, which is good. That's cool. And the nice thing about Vegas is even though, you know, you have the strip, I mean, you don't have to be in it to really go out to decent restaurants and to do interesting mm -hmm. things. Right. I mean, do you have any right. kind of, what's one little thing that you've discovered about being a resident of the city that you might not have realized that you would have appreciated? 
I think a lot of people, when they think of Vegas, they think of the Strip, and they think that that's all it is, and it's so much more than the Strip. There's a huge outdoor culture here. There's lots of hiking. Um, there's Red Rock Canyon. There's so many things to do outdoors. So if that's your thing as outdoor activities, outdoor sports, then this is de definitely Vegas is the place to be. And we only go to the strip, you know, if we have to go to work. So if, if we have to go in to see Cirque, to work at Cirque, or if we're seeing a show, it was for going out with our friends and going to dinner. We live in the Southwest, we live Southwest of the strip. So we, there's tons of great restaurants out here plenty to do out here. So I've really appreciated Vegas for everything it is outside of the strip, which I think a lot of people don't realize how much it has to offer. And there's so much here. Well, it's been one of the fastest growing cities. And, and even with the slowdown in, in the late 2000s, it's still a very, mm -hmm. uh, very vibrant city. What I want to come to your, your, your online training, because that was probably one part of the business. So it's easy for you to change. How do you how, how do you like doing the online training? Did you ever did you ever think that that'd be something that you would fall into? Is it is it something you enjoy in terms of interacting with your clients via via computer as opposed to face to face? It is something I enjoy, especially because I'm able to reach people even in other states, not just in other states, but in other countries. I had um, I've had clients in, from the Philippines and from um, Germany, so that's been really cool just to be able to reach that far outside of the United States and interact with so many different people. And online training was something that we started when we had our studio. So we started it in 2014. And um, so I was still, I was doing it when we had our, our studio, but now I'm able to do a lot more with it, which it's because I didn't have as much time to put into it. You know, I did what I could when, when we had it with our studio, but now I can really put so much more into it and develop new programs. And I feel like I'm able to give students and clients more, much more support. I go above and beyond than I really was able to when, when we're running the gym. So that that's very fulfilling. And how do you decide, do you use a platform that allows you to manage clients? You know, that's an area where, you know, even though I've been in the business for a while, I just, I'm not that familiar with online. So I'm always intrigued. Uh, by people like yourself, Artemis, that tend to make that a, a big part of what you're doing? I use exercise.com. When they first came out, they were weighttraining.com, and they've uh, they've evolved and changed their name into exercise.com. And I like the platform a lot because you can add your own exercises, and you. Um, what I do is if I add an exercise, then I'll film a video, and I'll and they have an exercise library that you can choose videos from, but I prefer to have my own videos with me in it. So I'll film a video and put the attach it to the exercise in my personal exercise library. And then from there, I create I create the um, the program. And um, I have different subscription levels. I have group training, which what that means is that if you join the group and you pay. The, the monthly group subscription fee, you select from the plans that I, or the programs that I have available to the group members. And then I have one-on-one -on -one training. That's a different subscription fee. And that I, I will put together a customized program for you. So when you, and I also have single sale programs. So if you just want to come in and just buy like a press program or a pull-up program or like a kettlebell conditioning program, I have those too. And that's just like a single sale. And for all of them, I have different levels of support. Of course, the one-on-one -on -one clients get much more interaction with me and much more support for me, but everyone gets, um, access to the Facebook group and they can ask me questions there and post videos, even if they're a single sale program. So I always make sure that people, cause I want people to be successful with their program. 
program. So the program is only as successful as the coaching is. So as the coaching is good. So I always want to make sure that I'm giving people the coaching that they need no matter what. But I like the exercise.com platform because it's really easy to add the exercise, add the video, create the program. And then all the, the client has to do is just sign up for the subscription. And it just, it just makes everything a little bit easier. So it's not like a bunch of Excel spreadsheets. Okay, that's. I was just wondering how that how that works. I think that's good for for listeners to hear that. It's funny you mm-hmm. said that, Artemis, because there's a a quote I use in a couple of my workshops. It's from the original Karate Kid. It's Mister mm-hmm. Mi- it's Mister Miyagi, and the quote is: "There's no such thing as a bad student, only bad teacher. Teacher uh-huh. say, student do." And so your but your thing about you know a student a client is only as good as a coach is absolutely right on the money. Do you find yourself online working a lot with kettlebell conditioning? Is that what people come to you for? Or do people come to you for general strength training? I have uh, general strength training. And then I would say it's like half and half. So 50% general strength training. And then 50% I have students coming to me to train for their level one kettle, level one or level two kettlebell certification. Or even the Beast Tamer Iron Maiden Challenge that um, the, that Strong First has. So that's, I would say it's about half and half. Now, you, what level Iron, did you do Iron Maiden level two? Um, so Iron Maiden, there's just one level of the, the Iron Maiden challenge. Okay. So, yep, I completed that in 2014. And what was that? Because I want to talk a little bit about kettlebell training, because that's what you've become known for. Because, I mean, it's pretty impressive, especially when, so go, what is what is the Iron Maiden challenge? So the Iron Maiden Beast Tamer Challenge is a, a strength challenge that is available for people to do in the hard style kettlebell community, community. So that's between Strong First and the RKC. For women, the Iron Maiden Challenge is you have to do a strict military press with a 24 kilogram bell, which is 53 pounds. You have to do a dead hang pull up, um, and it has to be tactical grip. So thumbless grip, dead hang pull up with 24 kilograms, 53 pounds, and then a pistol squat with the same weight. And the men have to do the same lifts. It's just one rep, one side for the press and the pistol squat. Uh, the men have to use a 48 kilogram bell, which is 106 pounds. And there are rules you have to follow. So when you do the, the pull up, they have to see the dead hang. You have to get at least your throat to the bar, if not collarbone. Um, for the military press, after you clean it, there has to be a distinct pause before the press Pistol squat, when you do the pistol squat, you have to keep your leg in front. You have to bring your butt all the way down to your heel. So you have to get that full range of motion and come back up. And you have to pause at the top when you finish your squat. So there are rules and there are judges. It's it's not an easy challenge. And typically, people who who participate or who, who go for the challenge, there's always one lift that usually gets people. For most, I would say the majority of women I hear, it's the, the pull-up. For me, it was the military press. That was the the challenge for me. Training for the challenge took me three years because it took me a while for me to get the press because the press is almost a half body weight press for me. Well, as I say, your size, I mean, as a 24 kg is because, yeah. I mean, you're a lot of things, Artemis, but but big is not one of them. And, <laughs> um, you know, so that, that, that's pretty surprising. And now is that a, a press from a rack position or it's not a bottoms up press, is it? No, it's from the rack. So you okay. clean it, pause in the rack, and then and then press it. Okay. So you have to make sure there's no you know there's no push press happening. It has to be a strict grind. And but that was training for that challenge was really 
you know, I've always been open to strength training. I've always loved lifting, but training for that challenge is what really, really turned me on to getting strong. It was really like, oh my God, I am getting so strong. This is such an amazing feeling. And everyone needs to feel like this. Everyone needs to experience what it's like to become like this crazy, superhuman strong, especially, you know, pound for pound. So it was, I really enjoyed the experience. Well, and then I'm going to post a video because you have the video online on your YouTube channel of you doing the Iron Maiden channel, uh, Iron Maiden challenge, correct? Yes. Yes, because it's, it's a pretty amazing, I mean, it's a pretty remarkable feat. What first got you interested in the kettlebells? What what was kind of when you saw them, I mean, what made you think, oh, yeah, I want to do that? Well, I was working for Equinox in, in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, and that was in 2008, and they were rolling out a um, a kettlebell class. It was a body conditioning class with kettlebells, and I wanted to teach it. So they brought in um, – we they had an in-house certification. It was like a one-day, and I went through that, and so I – the. I went through it with the intention because I was I was interested in teaching the class. And then when I went through it, I was like, wow, I really, really love the kettlebell. I just like immediately fell in love with the tool and everything you could do with it and and started to to read more about it and and research more about it and start to implement it in my training and my clients' trainings and small groups. And um, and I really liked the results that I saw in terms of just strength development as well as just body transformation it was it was pretty amazing so i would say when it comes to strength training kettlebells are definitely my first love and what do you i mean what are your favorite what are your favorite things to do with them i mean if you have like all things being equal i know that always there are different programs that you you tweak around and play with but like what's your go-to if you just want a good fun killer you're feeling awesome uh what's your what's your go-to kettlebell workout well, if I want to keep it simple, I'll do get-ups and swings. I always do get-ups. Every time I train, I warm up with Turkish get-ups. But if I want to – so I would say if I want to keep it simple and I just – but I know I'm going to get a challenging workout, get-ups and swings. Or if I want if I want a, something a little bit different, I like to do um, jerks and double bell swings. So double bell jerks and double bell swings. It's, so how, do, how do you manage the double bell at your size? I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, and, and for people that might not know that, I mean, cause the double, double bell swing, you got, you're, you're moving two kettlebells between your legs yeah. and for memory serves Artemis, you don't have long legs. So no. <laughs> how do you, how do you work around that lever challenge? So that, that definitely takes practice. And I, I get that question a lot when I teach the double bell swing to women who are about my size. They're like, gosh, like this, these are so hard. Is it even possible to, to do double bell swings? And I encourage them, you know, it just takes time. It just, you have to have a wider stance and you just have to get stronger and more stable in that wide, with that wider stance. And just, and I always encourage people to, all right, so put your bells together. Just put your feet right outside of the bell, step back so that you're only, your feet are only just, just enough distance to fit those bells between your legs. So you're not like doing a split, you know, you're not like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, so, um, but it just takes practice like anything else, just over and over again, you get more comfortable with the movement you go get more comfortable with that stance and, and then, then you get stronger in that position so you can go heavier. Well, and what it, that's the Turkish get-ups. It's funny. I've been teaching Monica. Monica has been learning and doing the Turkish get-up on a, on a regular basis. What, it, why do you use that for a warm-up? And I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, what, what, and what is it about the lift that, that makes it a, a go-to for you? 
Well, it is a, a ground movement. So as adults, we don't do a lot of groundwork, like crawling and rolling. And so it incorporates the, a roll, um, a hip roll. And so I, I, like, I like the fact that it's a ground movement. And then it really warms up your core and your upper body because you're stabilizing that bell overhead. It encompasses fundamental movement patterns that we have as humans. So from the roll to um, to a hip hinge because after you roll up to your elbow you sweep your leg through and you go into a hip hinge and then also a drop step lunge so after you come to standing when you're coming back down you're getting that drop step lunge so you're getting these fundamental movement patterns that we have as humans and they help you and helps you to warm up and then you're getting that core stimulation as well as like I said previously, when, you, when you're holding that weight overhead, you're warming up your upper body, stabilizing that weight overhead. And for people that ask you about kettlebell training, what are some of the benefits? I mean, why would somebody, especially you know, somebody in their 30s or 40s, A, and I know the answer to this, but it's, I definitely mm-hmm. want to hear you say that. A, is kettlebell training safe and for everybody? And B, I mean, why? What are the benefits of it? Kettlebell training is absolutely safe for everybody. And the benefits are that in this one small tool, so you have this one weight, you are getting, you are training with the lowest system load for maximal results. So that means that you don't need to use a heavy weight to get the the results that you would get or the effect that you would get from loading up a barbell even heavier. So that in itself is its benefit, is a benefit because you're not taxing your body with this this crazy load that you would with a barbell. You're using this lower system load with the kettlebell. And also the kettlebell, it incorporates both strength training and your ballistic movements. So with the strength training, the grinds, which are your get-ups, your squats, uh, military press, you're getting, you're building that strength. And then the ballistics are your kettlebell swings, cleans, snatches. You're getting that cardiovascular element. So you have this one tool that just encompasses everything that you need in a workout from strength to cardiovascular training. And then I found that as people get older, you know, the kettlebell, the the basis of the kettlebell is movement. So it helps to improve movement, helps to improve flexibility. And I find that, you know, there may be a point in some people's lives where as they get older, the barbell isn't for them anymore. You know, the barbell back squats, they, they really bother their, their low back or they bother their hips and, but they can keep working with the kettlebell from like now until whenever, you know, my dad is in his seventies and you know, when I don't get to train him now, cause he's on the East coast, but uh, I didn't have him doing kettlebell swings, but I had him doing many other things with the kettlebell and even working on portions of the getup. See, that's, that's cool that, that, you know, you're teaching them how to do that. I let my daughters, my daughters will pick up uh, kettlebells in my garage and carry them around and, and I don't stop them. I just figure if they drop it and it lands on them, they're not going to do it again. So it kind of is that the best, (laughs) the best learning, learning technique. But the one thing that, that I've found that I really like about the kettlebells and using it is, is that you definitely have a lot of variety and you don't need to be overly, one thing that always kind of amuses me, especially this day and age of Insta, you know, Insta trainers and video trainers is you don't need to be overly complicated with the kettlebell. Is that one of the features of it? Is that the, the fact is you, you're talking about swings and presses. You don't need to come up with a lot of silly moves in order to get an effective workout. Let's talk, what, what are the basic patterns that you use with a kettlebell? So basic patterns are, well, if you ever hear, if you've ever heard the term, the program minimum for kettlebell training are get-ups and swings. So Pavel Tatsulin has a book that he came out with. It's called Simple and Sinister, and he taught the pro. 
that's the program minimum, get ups and swings. And if like, if you remember what I said earlier about the get up, it incorporates the hinge, the drop step lunge, a, a roll, um, and, and then you have your swing. So that would be your program minimum, but the basic movements, the fundamental movements, when you go to get, say your level one certification, you have your swing. So that's your hip hinge. Uh, and you learn the kettlebell deadlift before you learn the kettlebell swing. You have your goblet squat. So that's your knee dominant movement, your lower body press. Um, and then you have military press, get up and, um, swing and snatch. So those are your, those are your six fundamental movements that you would learn at the level one certification, but you don't even need to snatch. Like you can just like stick with swings and you get the same benefit that you would from, from snatching. And that's, and, and again, I'll have a, a one or two links uh, to your YouTube so people can see that stuff in, in action, because that's one of the, the really cool things about it. Is, and the funny thing is kettlebells became popular about the mid 2000s. And it's only been the last maybe five to seven years you've had a lot of research kind of comparing and checking out the benefits of, of kettlebells. Have you seen much of that research? And do you use that when you develop uh, develop online, edu- or not el- online, but do you use that research when you develop education programs? Absolutely. Um, you know, Stuart McGill is a huge fan of the kettlebell and how, and the kettlebell swing and the hard style plank. So the kettlebell swing is and, and other movements with the kettlebell are all about maintaining a stiff, stable spine while managing an unstable load, which is what we do in life every single day. And the kettlebell, hard style kettlebell training enforces that. So it's all about having, holding, if you look at the, the finish of a swing, it's like a standing plank. So you're learning how to brace your core and maintain that stiff, stable spine and manage an unstable load. And that's it, just just FYI, you'll be airing uh, just a couple weeks after uh, after my conversation with Stuart. So it's always nice when, uh, when oh, guests, that's awesome. <laughs> it's always nice when guests kind of re- refer to one another, and uh, you know, in, in terms of, of bringing things together. So I love the fact, you know, I, you know, he's one of those guys that really has his research has changed the way we do a lot of things in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, now to take a little step away from kettlebell training. Didn't you train for a powerlifting competition recently? And and how challenging was that? I did. So after I finished the Iron Maiden Challenge, I always like to have a goal. It's just, I guess, just my type A personality. So, you know, before the Iron Maiden Challenge, I was training for my black belt in Kung Fu. I got that and moved on to the Iron Maiden. And then after the Iron Maiden Challenge, I needed another goal. And I was very interested in getting into powerlifting, learning more about it. And, and just working more with the barbell because I had spent so many years focusing on the kettlebell. So I, um, I have colleagues over at Cressy Sports Performance, Greg Robbins. He and I actually went through, and now Greg and my powerlifting coach, Tony Bonvecchio, they left Cressy and they opened their own gym called the Strength House, and it's in Worcester. I think they opened in the fall, in October, November. Um, so I went, Greg and, and Tony have a a uh, powerlifting workshop that they teach. It's called optimizing the big three. So I, I knew that I knew Greg because he and I were at TSI together. We were at the Boston sports clubs together and we went through our, um, our level, our RKC level one certification at the time. This was before strong first was established. So that was in uh, 2011. He and I went through that together. And uh, so he's someone who's learned from me and I've learned from him and, I know that he is was very very experienced in the barbell and in powerlifting. So I went to go and take 
his workshop with Tony Bonvecchio and that just got me all fired up about lifting. And then I learned that at the time there was a women's powerlifting group at Cressy Sports Performance and Tony, my coach Tony, he he taught that group and led it. So even though it was like a 45 minute drive for me to drive from from Roslindale to where Cressy is in Hudson, I did it because I wanted to learn from the best and I wanted to do it the right way. And I also wanted to have that camaraderie of being with other women who just wanted to get strong. So I, I would drive and I would take this group and I learned so much from him and from Greg. And I trained while I was training with Tony. I did my first meet was a push pull, which was perfect. If you're going into powerlifting, Push-pull is perfect because you just focus on the deadlift and the bench. The full power meets incorporate the squat, and it's a very long day, and it's very physically and mentally taxing. So I recommend if you're interested in getting into powerlifting and it's your first meet, go for a push-pull because all you have to do is focus on two lifts, deadlift and bench, and it was perfect. So I did that for my first meet. And um, at the optimizing the big three, I went to that workshop in August of 2015, and then I started training with Tony in, in the women's group, and I trained with him for about three months, uh, September, October, November, because it was like the end of September, beginning of October I started, and then I went for that powerlifting meet in December of 2015, and when I started training, uh, my max deadlift was 250 pounds, and then I went into that meet, and I deadlifted 300 pounds. It was like at sub 120 pounds body weight. I'm about to like, say, Artemis, that's almost three times your body weight. I mean, that's <laughs> that's amazing. impressive. And I, I have to say, in, in all seriousness, is and one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you again, I love the fact when you post some deadlifting stuff because I, yeah, I'll go through phases where I do only kettlebell training. I'll go through phases where I only do barbell yeah. training. And I see you grip and rip with that much weight. I'm like, ugh. I'm like, I got to get back <laughs> under it. I'm like, you know, it's, it's cool to see, you know. And I think that's the fun thing about social media is when you see your friends doing something cool yeah. and you see how strong your friends are getting, you get that little competition because, you know, I see you do that. And I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. I love the, you know, I love the deadlift. And dang it. She's beating me because, you know, about 315, 325 is my, is my max. I don't try to yeah. blow it out too much. And I just, I, that's real impressive. Are you, you know, are you going to do any more powerlifting? Is that something that you want to stay with? Yes, I would like to do another meet. So I didn't do any I didn't do any meets last year. After that push pull, I did two more meets. Uh so and uh my the squat I hit was 215 and then at the push pull meet I hit 135 for bench and I haven't been able to get past 135. Deadlift I had a goal of 315 which I didn't do at a meet, but I did hit it in my garage last March. I pulled 315 which was pretty awesome. I was like, woo! but you, you know, you mentioned that you, you go between, you know, barbell and kettlebell. And I think that's perfect because you need that balance. You can't be going heavy all the time. Like it took me over a year from the time I pulled 300 to the time I pulled 315. It took me over a year to add that 15 pounds because my body needed that time to recover and build the strength. I mean, it's, it's very taxing on your CNS. So I would like to do another powerlifting meet. And I think, you know, this year I'm ready. I think I might go and do another push pull to get back into it. Uh, but I, I'm not done with powerlifting yet. I want to break my 135 bench. I want to at least hit 140. And I do have a goal of a two. 25 squat and it's and i do my ultimate goal with deadlift is 330 so well, talk, that, that's pretty i mean and that's 
that's that's nice to have those specific goals. That's one of the cool things about weightlifting is you have those metrics that you can measure performance. Does that? Because I want to talk to you just about a little bit from from a f- female point of view. How is weight weightlifting, you know, powerlifting, kettlebell training? How has that helped you in terms of your body image? In terms of you know your focus on strength training because you do a workshop or, or you've you you have your hashtag arms like Artemis. And so what I what I kind of want to want to hear you talk about a little bit is. Does that, how's that shape, how's that affect your, your terms of body image? I mean, I think that's an important issue, a very important issue for everybody, but especially for women, right? Yes. Well, I have to, and before that hashtag, I have to give a shout out to, I did not create that hashtag, Nancy Newell. She's um, a strength coach out of Cressy Sports Performance. She came up with that hashtag. Well, <laughs> when it's, she it's, met it, me, it she works. was like, <laughs> like awesome but um yeah so getting into my mindset started to change when I started studying kung fu I started to focus more on what I could do and not how I could look but strength training solidified that so the stronger you get the more you are focused the more you become focused on your performance goals and what you can do and how strong you are and how strong you can become and the less concerned you become about what your body looks like. But the ironic thing is, is that it all falls into place because you're strength training. So you're building muscle. So you're changing your body composition. So, so all of that, all of that changes and you become, you know, more, I guess, you know, toned would be the popular, I hate that word, but like (laughs) you do, you, you, you build more muscle and you start to get that physique that you, that many women initially, they get into exercise and strength training in the first place because that they want those, you know, for the aesthetic reasons they want it in the first place. So eventually, you know, they, 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 they drift away from those aesthetic reasons. They start focusing on their performance goals. They start focusing on what they can do. And that's really what, what lights their fire. And then all of a sudden all the aesthetic reasons, all of that all starts to fall into place. And they're like, wow, I actually like, I'm, I'm, I'm in that body that I originally wanted so long ago. So, um, but that's, it's, a, but that's it's exa- nice to get there by not even worrying about it. By but like, that's exactly why I wanted to ask that question is because I think so many of us men and women are like, we have these, like we, we put this maybe unrealistic expectation out there about, I want to achieve a certain look. I want to, and, and truth be told, and I think everybody listening can agree to this. We're not always happy with the way we might appear. We always think that maybe nah. we can do this or yeah. do that. But when you put a metric to something like picking up 315 pounds, or like yeah. pressing 135 pounds, how, how does that change your focus? It just like that, that trumps the scale that trumps like anything aesthetic, like just knowing that you can do that. It's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm freaking badass. Cause I can lift <laughs> 350 pounds on the floor. Yeah. So that. It, it builds confidence. It builds confidence and a sense of empowerment is, is really what it is. And is there a, is there a community? Is there a, like a, a, a good, because traditionally powerlifting, I think it's been a sport that we could easily say has been dominated by men. But in the last few years, especially with, with people like yourself, and, and I recently interviewed Molly uh, Galbraith from uh, mm-hmm. Girls Gone Strong. There's Who benches sh- 135 for like sets of 10, by the way. She's strong, but do you see this sense of community? Do you see like women coming together around strength training and, and how oh, yeah. important is that? Or, or how, how much fun is that to be a part of that? Yeah, it's, it's, it does build a huge community. It's, it's like, it's just like the, 
the power the women's powerlifting group over Cressy Sports Performance. And now I know that um, you know Tony and Greg they have their own gym and they have their own female lifters and they all bond and they all love to come together and lift and go to meets together and just support each other, building that strength. And even now, it's you know there is sort of this myth out there that like Pilates instructors and yoga instructors don't lift, but that's not true because the the Pilates studio that I teach at and that I go to Inferno Hot Pilates, all the ladies who work there, they like to lift and they like to be crazy strong. And so we'll even all get together and we'll go lift somewhere else at, at you know, there's a gym called Omalza Fitness. Like we'll go together and lift there. And even in Pilates class, like the second half is, you know, you're, you're working through some, you're working with dumbbells and like, we will like stack it up and go as heavy as we can. <laughs> so it's, you know, I, I, it definitely strength really brings women together and lifting really brings women together and supporting each other in that way. It's, it's great. Well, I think that's one of, the, one of the positive things, and I think that's been a, a really good thing about fitness is we've kind of had – it's not it's not perfect, and we definitely – we still have a lot of room to improve, but we're definitely moving away from this appearance-driven more mm-hmm. towards let's get strong, you know, like with the messages like strong is the new skinny. And I think yeah. that's such an important message that we can put out there. Now, getting ready to wrap it up um, – how cool is it to work with Cirque du Soleil? I mean, because I have to admit, watching, I used to be one of these meatheads, and you know I'm a recovering meathead, but I used mm-hmm. to be one of these meatheads who would look at that and go, oh, that stuff is silly. But now that I understand so much more about movement, I am just dropped. I'm just in, impressed by the amount of strength, the flexibility, everything those athletes can do. And I consider them athletes um, as well mm-hmm. as performers. But yeah. I mean, how cool is it to work with athletes like that? It's amazing. I mean, it's the first time, you know, going from owning a training studio where I was working with just general population to going and working with these high caliber athletes, like for example, and they are, they, they you know, we call them artists, but they are athletes. If in the show, O, there's, um, the, it's a, the show with the water. So there's a lot of swimmers and there are a lot of Olympic swimmers, uh, people who have gone and they've won medals and competed in the Olympics. So they are high caliber athletes. And, um, it's, it's been a very interesting experience and it's been, it's been really amazing. And what was one day, this is, I was sitting, I was at O and I was, um, I was working at O and at six 30, if you've ever seen the show, O, it, there's, um, they call it, I think they call it the barge where, uh, the, a group of acrobats come out and they do all the they do their act so the women and they are all women who who do to do this act so at 6 30 they all come out into the training room and they practice they just warm up and they practice the lifts and um there's one lift that is a human turkish get up it's a get down actually so you have like your 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 people who are like the they're usually the taller people who are like your base lifters and then you have the 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 smaller acrobats who are actually the ones being lifted so I watched these two women who and they don't train with kettlebells these two women in particular but I watched them do a get a human get down to get up that they do in the show and it was just so cool to watch that because I was like oh my gosh like this is why this is one of the reasons why the Turkish get up would be perfect for them because <laughs> this is what they're doing in the show every single night so and it's just cool to watch that stuff and just to be in the training room and 
and to be training the artists and just even just seeing them play around with the amazing things that they can do. There's this one woman over at Ka, her name is Katie Ketchum. And every time I see her posting, I, I said to her last time I saw her, I was like, what can you not do? Cause she like juggles, she does handstands. She does like every, she rides like a unicycle. Like I've seen her do like everything. So it's just really cool to be with these people who are just so skilled and have so much body awareness. Now, are they doing traditional weight lifts in, in order to get strong or are they just doing like one armed or one legged or one fingered like various body weight lifts? I mean, do they go through a traditional strength and conditioning protocol? Yes. So they're doing general strength training. It does depend on there are a couple of different factors. So, uh, for example, the swimmers at O, they come in and they they lift like general. They'll do barbell hip thrusts. They'll do back squats. They'll do deadlifts. They'll do sled pushes. So they, they'll do general strength training. They'll do pull-ups, hanging leg raises, all that. Um, and then, then you might have someone who has come, is coming from physio, which is, um, you know, what Eric does. So Eric is physio and maybe they they're, they're recovering from injury. So there's certain things that they need to work on. So you have to develop a program based upon what physio recommends. Um, and then one thing that I found is like, for example, with contortionists, they tend to be very upper body dominant. So like they can like do pushups for days right? But their lower body when it comes to squats and deadlifts and, and side lunges, like they just, they don't have the body awareness that they should. Huh. So typically with, with, with like a, a contortionist, I would have them work more on lower body movements because that's, what's going to help them in their day to day to reduce their, their, um, reduce injury or reduce their risk for injury, I should say. Um, and they don't need to be doing so much of the upper body work because they're always on their hands doing handstands and and all that, they're already getting that in their training. So they don't need to overload that in their training with me. So it just, it does depend on, you know, the artist, what they're doing, what their case is, if they're coming back from an injury. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's general strength training. And you, like I said, you don't want to, ha- like, you know, they're doing so much volume in their show with a particular, with something in particular, you want to make sure that you're not overloading that in, in their training with you. Well, that's a really important. That, that's that's some good insight. And you know, do they because they run shows almost every night? Do they have different? Because yeah. like, I'm kind of picturing like I'm not a big hockey guy, but I'm picturing like shifts. Like you probably have different, you know, groups of performers because I don't think the same performer can do the same show, you know, six seven nights in a row. I mean, that's a pretty amazing feat of strength in itself. They do. So each show they do ten shows a week, two a night. So they usually have like a seven o'clock and um like a, a nine o'clock or a seven thirty and a nine thirty. So all the artists they do ten shows a week, five days in a row, and sometimes they'll have weeks where they'll have um only one day off. So they'll do twelve shows in a week. That doesn't happen all that often, but it, it does it does happen. And so there is like by the time that fifth day rolls around, they've been doing two shows a night for the four days prior, like, you know, no, they do get conditioned to it, but you know, they're human too. So they get, they get fatigued and they have to manage that. And 
Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, when Monica and I have gone to Vegas before, we'll see a performer or something. And it's like you're sitting there, you're being amazed, but they're probably going, okay, yeah, I got to go get the eggs. I had to dry clean. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Did, did, did I remember to start the laundry? Oh, and, you know, they're probably hanging upside down. I can't wait to eat dinner in between shows. Like, I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> they're probably hanging upside down by one leg, you know, 50 feet over the floor and, and doing something crazy. And they're like, yeah, you know, I need to get my car washed tomorrow. And it's supposed to rain, you know. I just, you wonder about that because that's it becomes such a different mindset, especially with the feet. The feet so amazing. So, how is? I mean, it must be really cool. To, did you ever imagine that that your fitness career would evolve to working with? Because I would put Cirque du Soleil. That's Artemis. I'd, I'd qualify that as like you're working with professional athletes. Did you ever think that you would evolve to working with that level of athlete or that level of individual? No, this is like my, it's like my dream job. And I, so I, I minored in French and in college and I studied abroad in French. And so I speak French pretty well. So I get to speak French too, because there's a, you know, they're a Canadian company. So there's a lot of French speaking people at every show. And so to combine, I get to combine like my foreign language skills with my strength coach skills. And it's like, woo, it's just, it's really, really awesome. And then when I go over to Ka and like, I have all these martial artists in front of me, it's like, I'm in heaven. That's so um, that's not. Do they all train at the same center, or do they have different places? Do they train at the different hotels where the shows are? They train at the different hotels where the shows are. Okay. So they, there's a training room for at each hotel. There's there's a training room for Cirque for that particular show. That's cool. I mean, it's it's it, 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 you know it's interesting. I'm just interested in how how they train for such a high level performance. Anyway, we need to be wrapping it up. I need to to let you get back to 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 what you're doing. You're probably running off to the casinos, to make some extra money in blackjack. <laughs> yeah. I, have you gotten into, into any? I mean, do you ever do any gambling? I mean, I know it, it's not front and center, but being there, it probably wouldn't be hard to like go what, play a few hands of twenty one or or something like that. I'm not a gambler, but there are people who do that. I know people who will like play the the slot machines every week or a couple times a week, and they'll just stop when they're up, and they, so that they every week they end up making so much money. Or one time I went to brunch at the Red Rock Resort at Hearthstone, and um, it's like you know everything is in a casino, so there's a casino there. So one of the women at the table, she when she was there early, so she went to go and at the brunch she went to go and, and play. She went and played, she gambled. I don't know exactly know what she did. She may have done blackjack, something. And she won some money. And then after brunch, she was going to go back and see if she could win some more. So it does happen. But, I mean, I don't do it because I, I don't know. I yeah, just, it's, just, I'm, if, it's not if, my thing. But yeah, if you're not interested happened. in it, you're probably, yeah, it's probably, it doesn't seem like that. You know, it's one of those things. I, I went to college. Uh, our, our fraternity house was 231 miles away from uh, Vegas. Not that we ever drove it, but. You know, so I definitely that was one of my minors in college was, was going up to Vegas on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. uh, not something Monica and I do often, but we do 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 it once in a while. Where do, where do you so get back to, to finish up with what you're doing this year? You do. We talk about strength training. We talked about kettlebell training. Now you offer a workshop to help people learn how to do this, right? I do. So I have a women's strength training workshop. It's called I'm Not Afraid to Lift. And I created it in 2014 after I completed the Iron Maiden Challenge. Because what I discovered while I was training for the Iron Maiden Challenge is that most women were afraid to lift, whether it was because they were afraid of how their body was going to change or because they didn't know what to do. So I created this workshop. Originally, the curriculum was based upon my training for the Iron Maiden Challenge, which was solely kettlebell and bodyweight training. But this year, I revised the curriculum and to incorporate barbell lifts. So I've switched some lifts out. I 
I, I keep, there is their kettlebell lifts. I keep the pull up. I'm going to also teach the push up. And then in the afternoon, we focus on the big three the deadlift, bench, and back squat to incorporate the barbell lift. So I'll be teaching that at Barbell Republic here in Las Vegas on March 11th. And it's a women's only strength workshop. And it's, it's a really amazing day. Uh, people will just walk out of there and they feel so empowered. And they've, they've made these bonds in that one day in those eight hours that, it's, you know, it only happens when you go through something transformative, whether it's, you know, a certification weekend or a retreat or something like that. So, and then they walk away with the knowledge that they know that they can walk into the weight room and they know what to do and they can probably outlift the men in, in the weight room at the commercial gym. Oh, I'm sure. Well, yeah, cause, <laughs> especially because cool. guys, I mean, and, and I will make fun of guys being one that a lot of guys only do basic lifts and they don't really, and a lot of them overlook the fact you need to develop full body strength. And that's what the deadlift and that's what kettlebell help you help, um, you know, help you do. Well, that's yeah. cool to catch up with you. Are you going to be doing any perform better stuff this year? No, I'm not speaking for them this year. No. Nope. Yeah. Oh man. Cause that's such a bummer. I was yeah. looking, I was, I might try to get to one or two of them this year and just, uh, to catch them and try to do one or two podcasts from them. But Artemis, how can people find out about your, what's your website? How do, how do people find out about the workshop or to find out about training with you if they want to do any online coaching? It's on, I have, my website is ironbodybyartemis.com. And then also you can follow me on Instagram at ironbodybyartemis. I'm most active there and I have, I would post there daily, if not multiple times a day. And, um, and I'll post information about the workshop there too. But and all that, the information and registration link is on my, on my website. And that's your Instagram account that was just recognized by Shape as one of the top, uh, I guess, one of the top trainers yeah. on Instagram. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is very cool. And the funny thing, well, the funny thing is we had this scheduled before that came out. And so when yes. I saw that, I was like, woohoo, that's even better. Just something to celebrate. Artemis, yeah, so well, much... you and I go way back, Pete. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we always have we always have time for this. And, and um, yes. ne next time I get up to Vegas, I'll definitely make sure I reach out and, and hopefully try yeah. to connect and uh get a little coaching on my, get a little coaching on my hinge or on my swing. And cause, and I love, love your videos that you post are miss. It motivates me. And if, it, if I get motivated by watching, watching you pick up that weight, I'm sure other people are doing the same. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Well, as you can tell, I really have a lot of fun in the catching up and, and speaking with Artemis. And as I mentioned in the intro, I mean, we've known each other almost 20 years now and I truly have a tremendous amount of respect for her and what she's doing in the field. And that was before she started working with Cirque du Soleil performers. So it's interesting to hear her talk about training for kettlebells and talk about training for powerlifting. And Artemis is one of these people. It's funny. After we, after we recorded that interview, you know, I've, I've, I've been going through a heavy deadlifting phase. And I changed, you know, changed my workouts up. And that's, that's a whole different podcast. I'm not going to go into that here. But it's been fun because I've been shooting some in, images back and forth with her on her Instagram page. And I'll have the I'll have the link to her Instagram page because I really think it is so, so cool that she was recently recognized by as one of the top trainers on Instagram by I believe I think Shape magazine. Anyway, I love it when when Artemis posts a picture of herself doing some strength exercises because it motivates me to get out there and lift. I mean she's a buddy of mine. And you know the fact that she's a woman is is whatever. I, in my mind almost irrelevant. I consider her a friend, a, a buddy, and I consider her a lifting partner, a training partner. 
you know, remotely, you know, I mean, I see her pick up a heavy weight, you know, do a heavy deadlift. I'm like, dang it. Come on. I got to get in there and do that. So it's been kind of fun. So Artemis, if you're listening, I really appreciate you're doing those posts because it really is, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to grip and rip, but you know, if Artemis can lift that, I know I can lift that. And it has nothing to do with the fact that, that you're female. Um, it has to do with the fact that you're just a friend of mine, you're strong and your strength pushes me to get stronger. And I think that's what we need in our industry. We need people to kind of break down these barriers of gender or whatever that we might have and, and look at each other just as, you know, we're both, we're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to use exercise. We're all trying to use fitness to make ourselves, make our lives a little bit better. You know, I love the fact, you know, when you, when you, you know, talk to Artemis, you know, she wanted to challenge herself. So she studied Kung Fu. She became a black belt in Kung Fu. You know, she became an Iron Maiden. And I'm going to link below. You have to see what she did to earn that, that moniker, earn that title of Iron Maiden from Strong First. She had, to do, she had to lift almost half her body weight. And she's done a deadlift with almost three times her body weight. I mean, so when I think of strength training, I, you know, I want somebody like that to push me. You know, if I could lift three times my body weight, I'd be deadlifting more than 600 pounds. I, I got to work on that a little bit. Either got to get the body weight down or get my lift up, but uh, one way or the other. Anyway, you know, you see that, and I think we need to do that. I think we need to do a better job of breaking down the barriers and look at each other as, you know, all colleagues and friends. And all we're trying to do is just get better. You know, Artemis wants to get stronger. I want to get stronger. You know, we want to be fitter. And I love the fact, you know, I'm I'm learning a lot just from some, you know, offline conversations I've had. She has a lot lot of remote coaching, and, and that's helping me. I need to start that. You know, it's one of the things... I want to start as soon as I catch a breath from a couple other projects I'm working on. I want to be able to do some remote coaching. So a couple of you have emailed me and, and asked me about that. And I just, that's something I'm working on and I'm getting there. Um, so that, you know, pay attention to that. That'll, that'll happen in the not too distant future. But I really respect the fact that she came from a completely different industry and she's established, Artemis has established herself as one of the leaders in fitness. You know, with what she's accomplished in the kettlebell community, with what she's done with powerlifting, She's done tremendous things, and she really is just one of these individuals who has a strong sense of what she wants to do. Well, she has a strong sense, A, of who she is, and then she has a strong sense of what she wants to do and how she can have a positive impact in the industry. Well, not only in the fitness industry, but just on positive impact on people in general. And that's one of the things I'm trying to do with the podcast is trying to highlight smart people, good trainers, good coaches doing amazing things. And, And when I think of that, Artemis is always, you know, one of the people that first pop into mind. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation today. You'll have all of the contact information. If you want to connect with Artemis, that information will be below. If you're ever in the Las Vegas area, I, you know, I mean, we all get to Las Vegas at some point, right? If you're ever in the Las Vegas area, I definitely recommend you try to look her up and see if you can catch a workout with her. Because, you know, the way she motivates me, you know, motivates me remotely. She may may motivate you even more in person. So Artemis, thank you for your time. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. If you have any ideas or any suggestions for who I can interview, please, by all means, reach out to me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Again, that's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. And again, if you could take a moment, give us a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You know, the more ratings we receive, the higher up in the search rankings we go. And the more people I can help expose to great trainers like Artemis. And if if you're really enjoying the guests I have on, stay tuned because I have some just dynamic content coming up. Thanks for stopping by this episode of All About Fitness, and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes. Have a great day.